Talk. Right there, I'm in. Welcome to the DC Films Podcast. I am one of your illustrious co-hosts. I am Sark, and I am joined by... Jess. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm here again. I haven't been kicked out yet. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And we have no plans to do so, Um, especially with the personality and the color you add to our group. Um, Shucks. (laughs) We are awaiting the arrival of Roy. Now, Roy is going to be with us today, but uh, he had a slight emergency come up. I don't think anything life-threatening, and he's going to probably be in and out perhaps with us, and, uh, and I'm sure he's going to join us in a little while. But we have some things we need to talk about. Um, we joke amongst ourselves that uh, the developments in the DCEU seem to come with such um, consistency that oftentimes by, uh, by the time that our podcast is published and up for the public to enjoy, um, the news has changed already, and we're needing to kind of – uh, play catch up. So we feel like we're doing that today. We we have several items that we want to discuss, and they're really related to one another. Big shock, I know. Um, but that is, it sounds as if we have a confirmation that Matt Reeves will indeed direct The Batman, the solo Batman project starring Ben Affleck. And also, more rumblings concerning a Nightwing movie. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and get started. Jess, I, I know I'm kind of thrusting this upon you at, uh, in a surprise fashion, but which of those two topics do we want to tackle first? Maybe we should just get the whole Matt Reeves thing out of the way, because we're, we're totally beating a dead horse right now. <laughs> I, I have to agree with you, yeah, so let's go ahead and tackle it. Okay, so the, the latest episode of this soap opera saga, the, the <laughs> never-ending story... <laughs> Um, last week we were talking about how, um, negotiations with him to direct the Batman solo movie, him as in Matt Reeves, obviously, um, stopped. They stopped negotiations for who knows what reason. They never said why, um, Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers never commented on it. They just said, oh, maybe, uh, these negotiations will resume after quote unquote heads cool. We don't know what that means either. That could mean anything. But um, of course, now this past week, it's been announced that, surprise, surprise, he's back on. So don't worry, guys. Right, right. Yeah. Um, So generally, uh, the the vibe that I'm getting is that Batman fans all over uh, are thrilled to hear this and probably for several reasons. And of course, you know, we no one should really presume to speak for the whole. But the feel that I'm getting is that people are elated. True Bat fans are elated to finally have it etched in stone 
you know, so that gives you a sense of stability, some security, like we're moving forward, we're making progress. It, it kind of takes some of the uh, uneasiness out of the equation because everyone, you know, at least in this corner of the world wants the film to succeed. And also I get the idea that people were in general a little disappointed that, Mike, that Matt Reeves might be out of the running. Kind of like, man, we were getting so excited and, oh, okay, well, maybe there's still hope. And so that's, um, that's what I'm getting. And, and you can tell me what you're running into. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you have to bring up the, the point again that they have a lot of time until it comes out. And they've got plenty of other movies that are supposed to be coming out before it that we know almost nothing about. There's no announcements about these other ones. So I would be okay with them, you know, maybe even pushing that back more, the solo Batman movie, and, Mm -hmm. you know, taking time on it, working on it. Like, it's, they need to, like, chill out and work on the the stuff that that's going to come out before it and kind of you know do some time management and organization i mean at, at least yeah it's cool they have their director now it's supposedly a permanent decision but you never know and um whatever i don't i i don't i don't know what to say anymore it's like every week is a different thing and i'm kind of just like all right whatever like You're it's, right. Making, it's, it's making me like not care as much, which I hate to say because um, having a solo Batman movie would be really awesome. Like I want it to happen, but it's like just just do it or don't, you know? Right. I I think uh, people can get tired of the emotional roller coaster, and it it's very akin to what happens with sports teams. So, I, for example, um, when your home team or your uh, you know, your favorite team is doing well. You know, you're, of course, you get your adrenaline excited. But when, if there's ever anything happens, uh, like a, a loss of a number of games, you know, and there's kind of an up down, like, oh, we're winning today. Oh, we're losing. Oh, we're in first place. Oh, we're fighting for first place. We're in last place. Um, the up and down can can wear even the best fans out. And, uh, and, and they just kind of want to know, hey, look, are we in this to win it or not? And I think that's kind of what we're getting from many in the Batman or the DC uh, supporter community. Um, the, the good news is, and I'm and I'm trying to bring an edge of good news because I really think there is plenty here. We will forget this five years from now. This will all be forgotten. Kind of the ups and downs. We'll remember it and we'll talk about it, but it, we just won't feel it as much. Just as this kind of thing has happened before, and we have to remember it's just all part of the process. It may even be exploited more now with social media and perhaps. You know, some of the uh, corporate execs like it, you know, when there's a lot of buzz and we're talking about it and and uh, and emotions are are all over the place. Um, but I believe that they'll kind of settle down, hunker, hunker down and produce a good film. Ultimately, um, just pure speculation. Um, I suspect that some of the heads cooling may have been about artistic direction. Um, the. Mm-hmm. 
the feeling that, that I get, and this is just kind of more of an intuitive thing, this is not based on insider information, is that there, there's several things at play here. We have the reality that, and I really do believe this, that the DCEU is in very good shape to be so young and still developing, still in this process of finding its feet in evolution, which, by the way, the MCU, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, also went through the same process. But we don't remember that now, you know, because that's a distant memory. And the success is kind of ease the pain of the of the growing pains, so to speak. So this is all very normal, and I think they're in really good shape. However, there is this perception, and I use the word perception. There's this perception that, oh, man, they're like teetering on the brink of disaster. But the numbers just don't play out that way. And the, the fan support has not been that way. And I even think that those who have enjoyed the films thus far and been on board with them, hear so much. I, I will go back to this phrase again. I, I feel like this is a vocal minority. They're much more vocal than the supporter community. And so it feels like they're big and like there's so many uh, disadvantages right now um, staring the DCEU in the face. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that those negatives can't have any impact on the success of tomorrow's films. Of course they can. But what we want to do is minimize that. We want we want to um, celebrate the successes and help the fans and others see that there really is so much more there than perhaps they have heard, that there's so much more to appreciate. So why did I really bring this up? I guess there's several reasons, uh, and that is to remind everyone that just to stay plugged in and try not to let the drama, the everyday drama. Remember, so much of this is fed to us by those clickbaiting types of websites that have uh, a marvelous way of phrasing even just the mere suggestion of an issue or a problem and making it the headline to draw you in and to get you to read. And, um, and the more clicks that they get, of course, the more that they feel like they're succeeding. And of course, they don't care whether they compromise the success of something that we feel strongly about. All that to just kind of lead into this portion of the conversation. With the talk, and we're going to go into more detail, with the talk of a Nightwing movie, here is my prediction. I don't really like this kind of thing, so I'm not really comfortable doing it. But I'm going to make a prediction that could be totally wrong, and I would be the first to say, well, yeah, I really blew that. I just didn't know what in the world I was talking about. But since The Batman is DC's number one premier property, Marvel has nothing to compare with it. And I'm not hating on Marvel. I'm just saying that the DC characters as a whole, besides Batman, and then the Marvel characters as a whole, pale in comparison in terms of kind of the legendary status that the Batman has acquired and earned for himself now. Right. Uh, the most popular character. I mean, to this day, it is so funny. Like, say Christmas time comes, and there are all the novelty ornaments go on display at Target. And I'm just, I'm picking a store out of thin air. And you go and look, and they have character designs from the Marvel movies, from the Fox Marvel movies, from the DC movies. And... Within a few weeks, for some strange reason, even though they had equal numbers in stock, even though he doesn't have a current film released at a certain given time, the Batman ornaments are all gone, and there's plenty of everything else left. Um, and that's a small—I mean, that's not, not proof that he's the most popular character, but you'll run into that type of thing again and again and again. So, with that being said— Warner Brothers, I think what they're going to do is they're going to kind of wake up to something that's long overdue, and they're going to say, you know what, why are we trying to fight this thing? 
the only way that these other characters are even going to have a fighting chance at getting accepted is if we can show their relationship to our premier character and let him do some heavy lifting. And there are a lot of us in the Batman community who have said, you know what? The Batman mythology has so much richness that they could develop a franchise out of a, a universe out of that mythology alone. And you could have all kinds of films. Now, I'm not saying they'll go that far, but I think they're going to try to exploit that. For example, we heard the announcement about the Gotham City Sirens project coming. Well, that's certainly Batman related and gives the the Batman films of the future even more um, more leeway, uh, more a vast array of characters with which they can develop on the screen in live action. So I have a feeling that we're going to see not an abandonment of the original DC plan, but just the addition or the incorporation of making sure that we really explore the untapped potential in the Batman mythology on the big screen. So a lot of long windedness to get to that point. But um, I mean, do you have any feelings about that in relation to Matt Reeves being the director, and then, of course, the discussion where we go in just a few minutes regarding Nightwing. Well, it's funny because, I mean, I, I guess I'll probably mention some of the news now, but since they um, they announced that there's going to be a movie and they already have a director attached to it, which is... Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's yeah. so weird. They don't have a release date, anything like that, no... Uh, uh, speculations about like who would star in it nothing just just a director and then um the movies that are that we have release dates for we have like no other information about so it's, yeah. it's very strange i really i don't know if it's like uh like they're doing it on purpose like being a uh, selective about the information they release and when they release it so like as a marketing thing maybe I'm not sure. It's all very complex and confusing. <laughs> that's that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as you're even describing it, I'm looking at um, an article that, of course, insists on dramatizing this even more by suggestion, suggesting, well, does this mean that Ben Affleck is still, you know, going to be the Batman? I, I think unless the man were to die, I don't think we're in danger of losing Ben Affleck as the Batman. I think a lot of that, again, is clickbaiting. But you're right. There is so much we don't understand, and we do have to remember that, we, or that we don't know. And, um, and that the loudest voices tend to be the ones that just almost thrive on creating kind of chaos in the fan community, you know, because people feel so strongly about these characters, and they want them to work. Right, right. Um, and so, yeah, I, th I think we're... It's very interesting what you pointed out. We have properties that we have, like, we know there's supposed to be a film coming up. They're in the works. Um, they've made some headway, but all of a sudden we don't have a director attached. And, and, you know, so that's kind of, it feels dicey to us right now. But then they do announce that there's already a director attached to this project that we really didn't hear anything about and most of us didn't see coming. So let's start the discussion officially about Nightwing. So um, can you fill us in on what we do know? Okay, so what we do know, and this was just recently um, announced this week, is that uh, Warner Brothers wants to do a live-action Nightwing movie. And as I said, they already have a director attached to it, and that director is Chris McKay, who 
just did the Lego Batman movie, which, as you all know, Stark and I are all about the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but um i wasn't expecting them to pick chris mckay to direct this or yeah. or have have anyone attached to it yet for that matter but um i feel like especially because i just saw the lego batman movie chris mckay um he's kind of like like a funny guy he makes funny movies uh-huh. like goofy uh joking around kind of things like that so but but when I think of Nightwing, it's more serious and dramatic and, like, uh, Dick Grayson's getting older and he's okay. rebelling yeah. and becoming his own person. So it kind of makes me question, what would he do with that? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, that's interesting. I don't know enough about him as a director and his previous works. But like you, I was a little surprised. But the more I think about it, this is just a proposition for what may be going on. Traditionally, even though Batman has not always been the grim, dark, mysterious character that we tend to think of him now, uh, in pop culture, he really has become that, especially since the release of, um, well, since the late 80s, mid-80s, the late 80s with um, the Dark Knight Returns uh, collected edition, and then, of course, with 1989's Batman starring Michael Keaton, which, by the way, when you go back and watch, it's not as grim and dark and serious as we thought back then. But it was, at the time, the perception was, wow, okay, he doesn't have to be a campy character. In his evolution, he's become the the grim and dark, serious, and rarely likes to laugh or smile. And so Robin certainly took on the role, the first Robin especially, Dick Grayson, took on the role as being the one who could bring a little levity to the situation. If any fans of Batman the Animated Series are out there, of course, they'll know from their experience how um, that show so deftly uh, gave a distinction between the two personalities and how he brought balance to Batman and in the Bat family, of course. So maybe – Maybe this is an origin story. So you need someone who can bring, um, dare I say it, a Marvel-type levity to the action genre and to the superhero genre. And maybe this is a little lighter – Not, and I don't mean frivolous. I don't mean – with with a lack of seriousness, but just can bring that little bit of edgy humor, little sarcastic, smart Alec Dick Grayson is becoming a, a full-fledged adult and, and striking out on his own. And maybe it's meant to kind of meld those two worlds together gracefully. Um, because interestingly enough, we didn't talk about it, I don't think, but in our discussion of Lego Batman, were you surprised that even though this was extremely entertaining – and riotously funny, especially even more so if you got the Batman in jokes. But did you get the sense that, like, wow, they're getting kind of heavy here? You know, like there were moments like this is some, some serious uh, subject matter in the midst, midst of all of this, like embedded within. Did, did that capture your attention at all? Yeah, it, it actually kind of did. And a lot of it, a lot of the jokes that they made were about Robin like he was the butt of the joke and like it kind of made you feel bad for him a little bit because he's trying so hard to like get Bruce Wayne's attention and um he's like this huge fan of Batman and nobody's really like paying attention to him or taking him seriously and yeah I mean like yeah he is like a goofy little child like (laughs) right but still like you you have to feel bad for him kind of 
Yeah, you really do. And do, do you remember that line when it happened? I thought, oh my God, what are they going to do with that? Like we're, and it's funny in the in the context because it's so incongruous to really the true moral nature of Batman. But when he says to Robin something to the effect of, and of course you're totally expendable, and Robin just you know very fawningly agrees with him and is not even offended by that. Um, and of course he's Dick Grayson, I think at that point. I don't even think he's taken on the Robin persona. But I thought, God, that is terrible. What a terrible thing to have Batman saying to to this orphan boy. But then remember, at the end of the movie, it comes back to haunt him, and he hears his own words repeated back to him. And there is that kind of dark moment where it's like, oh, you really feel like an ass now, don't you? And so even though it it has a lightness and it's a funny movie, um, there were these moments where like, oh, God, that's kind of heavy, man. You know, that's that's serious. Like you're you're having to face your own inner demons and that it's out of your your fear for loss of family that it's caused you to put up these walls and you can't embrace the family that you've been given now. And so maybe that bodes well for the appointment of that director for this project. So, yeah, that, that's going to be cool to see where that goes in the future. All right. So I don't think we discussed that we would do this. But since we're talking Nightwing, and I'm sure we will do this again in the future, do you have any suggestions like for who would don the role of Nightwing? I'm glad you asked this, Sark. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know how many people are familiar with the show uh, Arrow, which is a DC show. I'm going to be honest, I I haven't really watched that much of it, but I've seen uh, clips here and there. So, I mean, I I get the gist of it and all that, but um, Colton Haynes is uh, in the show and he actually plays... Roy Harper slash Arsenal, who ends up being um, uh, Green Arrow's, like, protege, per se. And so he has the experience, I mean, not only in the the DC Extended Universe, but also playing a sidekick kind of character. And he's also, he has a pretty, you know, he's, he's pretty young. He has that boyish air about him. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think he'll be a good pick. Well, yeah, I would have never seen that coming, but that's actually, I think that's an excellent pick. You know, not that they would actually go in that direction, but well done. Um, yes, I'm familiar with Arrow. I have not been able to keep up. My schedule has not permitted me to keep up with either Arrow or The Flash on the CW this year. So I've missed this entire season so far, but I'm familiar with the character. And yes, he has that sidekickish the younger vibe going where he's a little more optimistic maybe than the than the one that he's sidekicking with and um but takes the job seriously so yeah yeah he certainly would work as a youthful dick grayson certainly what do you think do you have any choices yeah you know i i don't bring as much to the table because i'm not good that's why i asked you first by the way because <laughs> I, mean, I know you're much better at this and you always surprise me you always i because i'm always surprised with your director picks or actor picks i'm like ah i never would have thought of that um so it's easier for me to jump on the bandwagon however here's a little bandwagon jumping of my own in another sense this is not an original thought because i i had actually entertained this and then i found out that i wasn't the only one 
if any of you are familiar with the brilliantly executed uh, DC animated property called uh, Under the Red Hood, in that, uh, what is his name? He's on a CW show, I believe, Supernatural. Is it Jensen Ackles? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, now, of course, in, in this film, he, he is portraying um, Jason Todd, the resurrected, uh, strangely resurrected Jason Todd, who is who becomes the Red Hood and uh, isn't a thorn in the Batman's side. And obviously he's an antagonist in the film and uh, very well done. But his voice acting alone always got my attention. I thought, yeah, that's believable as a young sidekick who is now mature and uh, has has abilities perhaps almost equal to that of his mentor. But I've always thought that he would make an excellent Dick Grayson. Um, obviously, a Dick Grayson of that age. I don't know how old Jensen Ackles is. I'm going to assume like maybe 35-ish, 30, 35-ish. Um, I may be way off and I apologize. Uh, it's not that he looks old by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think that's about his age. But I think he would make an excellent uh, sidekick to um, someone like Ben Affleck in the role of the Batman. So that's the only pick that I have off the top of my head. And I'm sure there are other worthy actors out there. And maybe we can hear from some of our listeners. You know, they, They'll tweet to us and, and throw out their suggestions as to who they would like. I would love to hear from Roy if he gets a chance to, to check in with us. Yeah, same. But it is it is um, funny that you brought that up because, uh, yeah, Jensen Ackles has been that the idea of him playing um, Nightwing has been entertained on <laughs> the internet amongst other choices. But I mean, sure. I'm I'm sticking strong with Colton Haynes. No one has thought of it, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent pick. I just that's perfect. But also. You brought up the whole Jason Todd thing. If we can transition a little bit into the next branch of this discussion, what, which Nightwing or which Robin is this movie going to be about? Like, what storyline? There's so many different um, appearances of Nightwing throughout the ages. That's like the one of the most charming things about these. Uh, um, superhero stories is that um, people can die and just like magically come back and then be in like a different time and then ev everything can happen all over again and no one questions it. But um, like, what 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 kind of storyline do you think that they're going to go with? Oh wow, that's that's a good question. Um, again, my my ignorance of some of the comic, you know, the the source material, the the comic books themselves will probably handicap me here. But I'm only familiar with Nightwing as Richard Grayson, as the, you know, the first Robin who goes on, kind of establishes his own thing. Whether it's from, and, and our listeners can correct me, this certainly is not meant to be um, vicious or mean. It's just, it would be out of ignorance, if anything. Um, it's my understanding that in some tellings, it's kind of, uh, hey, I'm becoming my own man, and I'm you know, kind of sick and tired of you running the show type of thing. And there have been others where it was just a logical extension. It wasn't an act of rebellion or having to just sever the ties and cut the cord. It was kind of the logical extension of development, and he was able to go out and patrol. What is the city that he's associated with it? Uh, Bloodhaven? Is that how we say um, it? I think so, yeah. Okay. 
Um, and by the way, see, that excites me. My, my imagination can kind of get the best of me because I can see a live action uh, development, not only of Gotham City. And, and again, that's why I am hoping that we can get a trilogy of Batman solo films with Ben Affleck in the role. Um, I would be more than satisfied with just a trilogy because we're going to get a good sprinkling of him in the Justice League movies, obviously starting with Batman v Superman. And then and then I'm hoping we get a little taste of him in every film. I'm OK with that. Others may say, no, please don't. But look, even if it's just a brief cameo, um, I'm cool with that. So if that happens, that means that this the this particular version of Gotham City will be fleshed out more greatly. That excites me. But then if a Nightwing movie does well, and there's one or maybe even two of them, to have Bloodhaven fleshed out as well in, in uh, correlation with and in relation to Gotham City, I just think that would be a great thing for DC fans. And it would put Bloodhaven on the map. I think we need more of that kind of thing. And see, all of this, I, I know I'm getting carried away, but if we have a night movie and we've got a Gotham City Sirens movie, we've got to be getting a Batgirl, a live-action Batgirl for the first time on the big screen. That has to be, even if she doesn't get her own film, and if she doesn't, by the way, that is criminal. We need more female-driven, female-led superhero movies, and I'm yes. ready for a Batgirl film. To come yeah. out, so yeah. to, to me, it feels like we're getting closer, and so that's why I'm excited. I know we haven't heard. Don't go away from this podcast saying they made an announcement about a Batgirl film. No, they didn't. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I'm just. This makes it feel like. I mean, if you have a Harley Quinn and you have a Joker and you have a, we should have a Catwoman and a Poison Ivy soon. Um, and here we should have a Richard Grayson and a Nightwing. We've got to be getting a Barbara Gordon. We know that there's a Jim Gordon. He's going to be in Justice League, so and of course in the Batman film. So we've got to be getting a Barbara Gordon sometime soon. That would be criminal if we don't. So I didn't mean to go off on that tangent because um, we're talking about where we think it might go. But I do think that they'll concentrate on Dick Grayson since he is the most famously established of the Robins. The, and when, when the average outsider to the DC community hears the word Robin – just like I did years ago, I only knew of Dick Grayson. When when I heard the name Jason Todd, I was like, what are we talking about even? What do you mean? And so the average fan out there who's not as steeped into the lore, they think of Richard Grayson. So I think that that's where they would go. But that's just speculation on my part. What about you, Jess? I agree. I agree. I, I, I was just curious, you know, to see what you would say, because, yeah, there are all these other um reincarnations of Nightwing, but I agree with you that it should be and probably will be classic Dick Grayson. But in the Batman vs. Superman movie, there is a part in the Batcave mm -hmm. where we see the the Robin outfit hanging up and it's the, the Joker's handwriting is on there. Ha ha. The joke's yep. on you, I think is what it says. Yep. I, and exactly. so it makes you wonder, is, like, is he dead or not? Uh, yeah, I could really wall <laughs> out fanboy. The whole can of worms here. Yeah, no, this that that's awesome. Again, I don't want to expect too much um, because because of budgets with movies, you know, um, sometimes you just have to take what they're willing to give right now. But yes, the possibility of 
even a Nightwing movie that focused on Dick Grayson, somehow incorporating the backstory, uh, even through flashbacks in black and white. I'm okay with that. I, I Some people complain about devices like that. I don't. I, I love that kind of stuff where you get the flashback to an earlier time and where Jason Todd loses his life and we see him, you know, beaten uh, mercilessly by the Joker with a crowbar. And then even a possible... Uh, resurrection. You know, this is not the. I'm, I'm losing his name. The di- previous director associated with Batman, um, the Dark Knight trilogy, Christopher Nolan. This is not a <laughs> Nolan verse. And you know, Nolan was, uh, to his credit, he stuck with his vision, but he just wanted to see the, the development with his devotion to this hyper realistic world, in which really the only superhero that would exist would be a mere mortal, and that would be the Batman. Um, He could not envision a world that had a Superman and a Wonder Woman and an Aquaman, and so that's why we didn't have any of that. And I love his treatment of the Batman mythology. I think we needed to see that. However, this vision that really we owe so much to Zack Snyder for, where there is the incorporation of the somewhat supernatural or just the the mythical um, characters I have no problem with them introducing a resurrected Jason Todd who came into contact with uh, Rachel Ghoul and the toxic, semi-toxic waters of the Lazarus Pit and whatever they're supposed to do to a human bo- uh, to a human body. Um, I would love that. I would love to see that story fleshed out or somehow incorporated so we can see it on the big screen. Yeah, no, I agree. That would be really cool. But also... It makes you wonder who's going to be the villain in this movie. And True. we know that Deathstroke is going to be featured in the solo Batman movie. If it ever happens, whatever. But um, Nightwing has also been known to be up against Deathstroke many a time. So I, I don't know. I mean, it could really go anywhere. There's so many different storylines with Nightwing I don't know, man. We really, we, we don't, we, it's hard to say because we really know nothing at this point and they always seem to throw us a curveball and surprise us, but I don't yeah. know. And, no, and you make a valid point. And so it does sound like the way that you're discussing the topic today, that you have some reasonable familiarity with Nightwing storylines. And so you have a, an advantage over me. I did know enough to know that Deathstroke has been a a go-to villain um, as far as Robin is concerned or Nightwing. And uh, even in relation to Teen Titans, and we discussed that just recently. Uh, So are there any other villains that – see, I don't know. Are Nightwing's villains all shared with the Batman universe, or are there some distinctive villains that really we don't associate with going toe-to-toe with the Batman but more with Nightwing? Well, I think there there are plenty that are shared with Batman, like Deathstroke, and um, he does go against Joker in the past, but there are others that I think are exclusive to him. I'm not 100% sure, because I honestly, there's so many characters, and I cannot keep up. That's good to know, yeah. Yeah, there's, there is a story... Uh, that involves Blockbuster. Mm. Uh, and, um, oh my gosh, what is her name? Ch- uh, Tarantula? Okay, see, this is interesting. I don't know anything about those characters, and I'm assuming that Blockbuster is a villain and not the 
uh, defunct video uh, store that my girlfriend. <laughs> So that's interesting. Yeah, I've never I've never heard of these. So yeah, I would love to see yeah. them explore characters that we know nothing of. Yeah. Yeah, but then the thing with that is that opens a whole new thing where are they going to make a movie for that villain? And is that <laughs> villain going to be featured in uh, other movies that are slated to come out? It's it's just, it never ends. But that's actually good because I mean, we don't want it to end. We want them to keep on making movies. So yeah, I agree with you. We don't want... <sighs> And then, and my my prayer always, and my hope for it's always going to be a fight, is that people will always remember what it used to be like and be grateful, you know, because there are there are those of us who remember how dry the landscape was when it came to Batman product or any DC product, and so I think those who have been around a while realize what kind of treasure that we have at our disposal, and they're they're the reaction tends to be one of gratitude, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I've lived to see this day. Whereas if you've been coming up and it's been kind of the norm in the past, say, like, if you're, oh, wow, Let, let's pretend you're 18 today and you're really becoming full of yourself. Uh, you know, that's what happens when you reach adulthood. And um, we think we have all the answers at that age. I did, too. So, you know, you're not alone. But if you're 18 you don't hardly know a world without grandiose success of superheroes. You grew up watching the MCU, you know, I mean, and and you grew up with the uh, Nolan trilogy. I mean, to you, it's just like this is so normal. And I think that sometimes the younger ones among us can sometimes be very dismissive about what we get, you know, by all of a sudden becoming very picky. It's OK to be picky, but um I do pray that we always kind of have this sense of gratitude, like, wow, you know, we, we could be in a place where we have nothing, absolutely nothing. It could happen. And so, yeah, we need to enjoy this while we're while we're living in the season. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I really wish that Roy was here because I'm so curious to see his take on all of this and the storyline. And he he always has has the answers. He always oh. knows what to say. <laughs> Yeah, he does. And so, Roy, I, I can tell we're going to have to wrap things up and we're going to hate that you uh, weren't with us, just as we also hate that Shane is not with us today. And and God willing, we'll all be back together again. Same place, same time. I was about to say same bat channel, but we're not going to do that uh, next week <laughs> when we're together to record. But I have thoroughly enjoyed this discussion with you, Jess. This It's funny how there's always a different dynamic depending on the people that are present. And so just as it was great to have Andy with us last week, this has been really cool. Just kind of have the one-on-one -on -one back and forth discussion with you. So I always appreciate all the color and creativity and personality that you bring um, to every contribution that you make. So uh, big oh, applause gosh. from side. So thank you so much. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And of course, I love talking about this stuff with you guys. I'm glad to be on the podcast. And this has been a great discussion. I think so, too. And so I know that um, we have things we have to go off. We have uh, superhero duties to fulfill all over the right. cities, respect cities and save people and uh, be applauded by millions. So um, with no further ado, where can people reach out to you on social media, Jess? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Russ Jossie. Drop me a line, folks. 
I love it. And uh, I am available for a conversation on Twitter uh, under the crazy uh, Twitter tag of Holy Bat Pastor. And you can find me there and also at the DC Films Podcast Twitter site. And um, also, where can they find us on the Internet? For the podcast, Twitter is at DC Films Podcast. Also on Facebook at DC Films Podcast and our own website, dcfilmspodcast.com. All right. So we're out there and we'd love to carry on a, a an intelligent and um, innovative conversation with you about our love of these characters. So reach out to us. Keep listening. And we'll be back to see you again next week. Until then, have a fantastic time pursuing your love of these characters. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.